This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. Let's jump straight into the Word of God and see what the Lord has for us today. I want to talk to you about the relationship between the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. This is an awesome, awesome topic. So, Father, we thank you for the truth of your Word. We thank you, Jesus, for your covenant in your Word. You said that you honor your Word above your own name. We're grateful for that, Jesus, and we thank you that even now as I teach, that you'll touch people with your presence, that the power of the Holy Spirit would go and move, and there'll be miracles as, as we wait on you together, as we jump into the depths of your word, Lord, and that people would come to know you, and that they would be set on fire with your power, in Jesus' name. So let's have a look here at Exodus chapter 3, as we talk about the relationship between the word of God and the Holy Spirit and how that affects your life and how that empowers your life. Exodus 3 actually says this, The angel of the Lord appeared to him, Moses, this is Moses, in a blazing fire from the midst of the bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight, why the bush is not burned up. And when the Lord saw that, he turned aside to look. God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. And then he said, Do not come near here. Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He also said, I am the Lord, the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And then Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. That's Exodus chapter 3, verses 2 through 6. Have a look at verse 4 here. And notice that the voice of the Lord came from the bush. See, when you combine the truth of spirit and word, and you begin to understand that the words of Jesus, according to John chapter 6, that his words are spirit, you'll begin to have an appreciation for every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You will have an appreciation for the scriptures like you could never imagine. And his current speaking to you, what he whispers uh, into your heart, there is spirit and life. They are spirit and life, I should say. And they're incredibly valuable. And again, it is impossible to separate the word of God and the Spirit of the Lord. Remember this, His voice flows from Him and is full of Him. I'm going to say that again. The voice of Jesus is from Him and full of Him. The voice is wrapped in presence and full of presence. Think of it this way. To hear God, you must come to God. And His voice is wrapped in His Spirit. Once you discover this, you'll never read the Scriptures the same way again. I like to say it like this, don't come to your Bible, come to Jesus through your Bible, and you'll find that he's still walking through those verses, just like he walked through the Garden of Eden, waiting to fellowship with us. He's on not only every page, but he's in every letter and in every word. You'll begin to look at every verse in your Bible as a living moment in the Holy Spirit. I think that's absolutely amazing. 
the Bible, it's, it's important we understand that the Bible was never meant to lead us to the Bible. The Bible was always meant to lead us to the author, to the person. I've said, I, think, I think I said this in the first uh, podcast we did a few weeks back on Jesus being the point of the Bible. Jesus gave us his words to lead us to him. I love how my friend Eric Gilmore says, he says, his voice comes from his mouth and his mouth is in his face. Wow, that's so powerful. Think of that. His voice flows from his mouth and his mouth is in his face. So to cherish the words of the Lord is to cherish where they come from. And they come from his heart to take it a step further. Jesus said, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That means that whatever is in the heart of God, God speaks. So the scripture is not a book. Uh, I should say it like this. In its purest form, the scripture is much more than a book. The scriptures, the Bible, are the heart of God on paper. The Bible itself is the heart of God on paper. It's the expression of who God is on paper. So if Jesus said that to us, if Jesus said, look, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, that means this, that what we talk about is really in our heart, and what's in our heart we really talk about. The same applies to God. God would never expect something of us that is not true of himself. So if you want to know what's on the heart of God, just listen to what he says. And I just think it's so beautiful to think that Jesus, as according to the Scriptures, it says that he came from the bosom of the Father. So the heart of God expressed is the person of Jesus. That's why the entire Bible reveals him. It's amazing. The Bible says here that that again that's Matthew 12:34 from the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks so whatever jesus says is a revelation of his innermost thoughts his feelings and his heart to love the word of god is to love god's voice which is spirit to love the scriptures is to love god's voice which is spirit to love the word of god is to love his face from which the voice flows To love the Word of God is to love God's breath, which is the Holy Spirit Himself. Unless I release breath, you can't hear what I'm saying right now. If I stop breathing, if I stop exhaling breath, my words do not find their destination. I'd just be lip-talking. I would be moving my mouth, but you would be able to hear nothing. It is the breath of God that carries and releases the Word of God. So when God speaks... He is releasing his presence. Again, it is impossible to say I love the Holy Spirit and not love what God is saying. He is the breath of God. To love the word of God is to love his heart. Again, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The other side of the coin would be this. To not love the word of God is to not love the voice of God, which is spirit. To not love the spirit is to not love his face from which the voice flows. To not love the Word is to not love the breath of God, which is the Holy Spirit. And to not love the Word of God is to not love His heart. Man, I pray that after this teaching, you'll have a new appreciation to sit down with the great teacher, the comforter himself, and ask him to give you a new appreciation, a new dependency on on his presence, which ultimately comes to us in so many different ways, one of which is his speaking. That the word of God, that the scriptures will have a newfound value in his heart. Let's have a look at 
the different ways the scriptures reveal the Holy Spirit. He's revealed as Spirit of the Father. He's revealed in the Bible as the Spirit of Jesus. He's revealed as the Spirit of God. He is revealed as your teacher, your guide, the Spirit of wisdom and revelation, the Spirit of life. So amazing. The Spirit upon you and in you. And by the way, I'm teaching this straight from my book, Holy Spirit, which is available on Amazon. You can go ahead and grab that. He's referred to as the Spirit of hope, Spirit of prophecy. This is awesome. Spirit of war, Spirit of power. And I'm, I'm barely touching on anything. The breath of God, the Spirit of love, Spirit of faith, Spirit of the fear of the Lord, the grieving Spirit. Spirit of the Lord, present spirit, good spirit, indwelling spirit, spirit of judgment, spirit of peace, spirit of fire, saving spirit, the spirit of healing, spirit of revival, spirit of the king, spirit of rest, spirit of prayer, spirit and power of Elijah, spirit of joy, the promised spirit, the gift of the spirit, the spirit of truth, the helper, the comforter, the gift giver, living water, seal of the Spirit, Spirit of glory, Spirit of hope, the sword of the Spirit, the Spirit of grace, the speaking Spirit. Man, this is amazing. All of this revealed in the Scriptures regarding the Holy Spirit. The Scriptures are meant to bring us into His presence. So let's have a deep found value, a deeply, just a precious value in our hearts regarding the person of the Holy Spirit and how he's revealed in the scriptures. So let's have a look at one of these. I want to talk to him, or talk to you, I should say, and him, about him being your teacher. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would be our teacher, that he would remind us of everything that he's spoken. Have you ever thought, like after you've read the Bible, you say, man, I didn't get much of this at all. I, I feel like I didn't retain anything. Maybe you're not a chapter and verse person. Maybe you have trouble, you know, when like when someone says, you know, bro, just standing on Psalm 118, verse 4. You just kind of nod your head and stare at them like, oh, yeah, Psalm 118, verse 4. What is that? Uh, that's, that's pretty normal. That happens to me all the time. But when we need to know the Scriptures, when we're facing a moment in our lives where we just need God's voice, it's amazing how the Holy Spirit brings the words of Jesus back to us. For instance, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Have you ever thought of that? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. How many times has somebody wronged you, and that scripture just jumped up in your heart? It's been happening to me a lot as of late, where people have wronged me or spoken things about me that God doesn't think about me, that God doesn't think about you, and you have every right in the natural to retaliate, Yet in your heart, you know, it's just time to be merciful. And, and, and the Holy Spirit says, look, one day you'll need mercy. It's best you're merciful now. So Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would come and teach us, teach us of the words of Jesus, teach us what to do, teach us how Jesus lived, how he prayed. Let me talk about that prayer piece for a moment. Nobody can teach you how to pray, really, except the Holy Spirit. Man can try. But at the end of the day, prayer teaches prayer. You have to get in 
to your prayer closet alone for extended periods of time and spend time with the Lord. That's the only way to do it. It's the only way to find out if he wants a song in the moment or wants you to be quiet. It's the only way to know if he wants you to pray in tongues or not. You can't read it in a book. I mean, certain books can help you. They can lead you to the water. But a book cannot make you drink. Drinking is only taught by the person of the Holy Spirit. So he is our teacher. And I'm so grateful for that. If you have a look at Isaiah 11, verse 2, this is the passage that reveals the sevenfold spirit of the Lord. It says here that the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. The spirit of counsel speaks of the way he teaches and counsels us. The spirit of knowledge speaks of how he shares his knowledge with us. All of this is telling us and pointing us to the Spirit as our teacher. Again, in Luke 2, verse 26, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. Luke 2, 26. It says, And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before the Lord's Christ. Speaking of Simeon in the temple courts, the old man who had been waiting on the Messiah to come. And the Holy Spirit revealed to him that he would not die until he saw the Lord's Christ, Jesus. So who taught him that? The Holy Spirit. In, in Luke 12, verse 12, the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Oh, that's amazing. That's Jesus telling us, look, we don't have to worry about what we're going to say tomorrow in some conversation or if we're being persecuted or if we, we are going to preach in a few weeks. And, oh my gosh, what will I say? And I need to figure it out right now. So many times we stand there in the moment in obedience. And the Holy Spirit tells us exactly what to say. You know, when you're leading someone to the Lord, how often you're there at the mall and you see that somebody's got a cast on or that somebody, their face is just discouraged. You can tell there's this drawing towards them from your heart that is directly from the Holy Spirit. You feel that compassion. You know that that's a window for power when you sense that compassion because faith worketh by love. And you feel that love and you know faith is promised on the other side of that love. And then you walk up to that person not having a clue what you're going to talk about before you get to them. And the moment you start, God begins to talk to you and it goes just perfect. Why? Why is that happening? It's the Holy Spirit. That's Luke 12, 12. As our teacher, the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. 1 Timothy 4, 1. But the Spirit explicitly says that in latter times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. The Holy Spirit here is sharing uh, with Timothy through Paul that the day will come where the doctrine of demons is expressed, begins to flow through the world and ultimately impact the church. Some people think that the doctrine of demons is to believe that God can work today. I would say it's a demonic ploy in the opposite, that to say that God is done healing people, that he doesn't want to heal people, is to say that Jesus has changed his mind, that his character has changed, and none of that depends on the offices that are on the earth. It depends on who is on the earth, and that's the Holy Spirit. God's move, God's desire to touch people is not dependent on men and women. It's dependent on him, on his power, on his presence. And, and Peter told the crowd on the day of Pentecost that this promise, the promise is the Holy Spirit, is for you and your children and those afar off, 
and we are those who are far off. The Holy Spirit is still here on earth. And as long as he is still here on earth, he is still revealing Jesus. He is the spirit of Jesus, as a matter of fact, and is the perfect, invisible re- uh, revelation of, 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 of the heart of Jesus. He is showing today what Jesus is like. Though we can't see him, we see what he's doing. And if one of his names is the Spirit of Christ, certainly he is still revealing Christ. Certainly Jesus, while he walked the earth, was the perfect representation of the Father and perfectly pleased the Father. In other words, when he said it was finished, he was speaking of his payment on the cross and the perfect life that he lived, the perfect sinless life that he lived, which gave the blood its purity, which gave the blood its power. Had Jesus sinned, had Jesus failed, what, what he accomplished on the cross would never have been accomplished. His blood, his blood would have been tainted. Why am I saying this? Because Jesus obeyed the Father on all fronts. He was the perfect representation of the Father. And if the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ, if he is here pointing men and women to Jesus, it means he's doing what Jesus did according to the promises of Jesus, that to them that believe that they would heal the sick, cast out devils, they'd raise the dead, they'd speak with new tongues. This is all an inheritance. So the doctrine of demons is not for those who believe that God still can. Many people are saying that today. I would say this, that it's, 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 it is the doctrines that take away from who Jesus said he is, that he's God, that he's perfect, that he never relinquished that, while on earth, that he's always been God, who will always be God, that he was born of a virgin, that he became a man, that he put on a body completely, that he is uncreated, that he is the son of the Most High, that that he has always been. He is not a creation of the Father. He is no less equal than the Father, that the cross was sufficient, that salvation comes by faith and faith alone, that the Word of God is perfect, that the Word of God is the inerrant Word of God. It is without blemish. It is eternal. There is one way to the Father, that is through Jesus, that Jesus died on a cross. He was buried. He's been raised. He sent His Spirit to the earth to live in men and on men so that men would lead other men to Him, that He ascended on high, that He took captivity captive, that He defeated death, hell and the grave, that as he ascended, he seated. He was seated at the right hand of the Father, that he offered his blood as a mercy seat, on the mercy seat, I should say, that the blood still flows today, that he's coming back again as king, that he is God, king, Lord, Christ, healer, baptizer in the Holy Spirit, that he is all of this, and that ultimately there is no way to the Father but by him, and that he is eternal life. Now, that is the correct doctrine of Scripture. And anything that changes that, that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, anything that changes that is a ploy from the pit of hell. Now, I'm not saying, look, if you don't believe that miracles can happen, I'm not saying you're demonic. I'm just saying the devil's scheme is to convince the church that Jesus has changed. And he would love for us to believe that he is a historical figure. If he's not, then he hasn't changed on any front. And this would just be a a simple question for you to ponder. If Jesus is done healing, if he's changed his mind regarding healing and the casting out of demons, and if he's changed his mind regarding the move of the Holy Spirit, what else has he changed his mind on? Hopefully not uh, his desire to be our salvation eternally. We know he hasn't. 
So if he changes on one, on one piece, he can change on another. Let's talk about the Holy Spirit, the guide, and then I will, I will, um, I'll, I'll pray, and then we will continue. Because the Spirit as our guide really plays into the teaching aspect of of His nature. And he became, and he, I should say, and he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus, Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law. That's Luke two. He came in the spirit into the temple. I love that the Holy Spirit leading the child Jesus um, to the one who had been led of the spirit, Simeon. Luke four. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness. So he was full of the Spirit, and the Spirit began to lead him as his guide into the wilderness. That's Luke 4, verse 1. Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go up and join this chariot. Here you see the meticulous nature of not just the obedience that the Holy Spirit is desiring, but the pace at which we obey. That there is a way to listen to him with such intensity, with such focus, that we're not only picking up on what he's telling us, but how quickly we should move and at what pace to do things. Sometimes he wants us to move very uh, meticulously, very very steadfast. Sometimes he just wants us to jump. Sometimes the Red Sea parts when we lift the staff, and sometimes it parts when we dip our toe in, like the priest did in the River Jordan. Uh, Acts 11, verse 12, The Spirit told me to go with them, Without misgivings, these six brethren also went with me, and we entered the man's house. Here, the Spirit leading the apostles uh, on their on their missionary trips, who they should preach to, where they should go. Acts fifteen twenty eight. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay to lay upon you no greater burden than the essentials. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Here, you see that there was such an uh, a in an, an intimacy with the Holy Spirit in the early church that they could tell when it seemed good to him to lay to 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 uh, uh, how to teach those churches uh, what to say to them what to focus on and when it seemed good to the Holy Spirit it seemed good to them that's incredible intimacy that's available there Acts sixteen six they passed through Phrygian and Galatia in the Galatian region having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. So here you see here you see the Holy Spirit forbidding his servants to go into certain regions. Why? Because he's a teacher. It's his nature. It's who he is. And everything I just shared with you, look at all of the scripture I just gave you. Why do you sense peace? Why do you sense uh, like your heart's being filled here? Because the word of God is still alive. The Bible is the Word of God. You can stake your life on it, as Catherine Kuhlman used to say. You can literally stand on the promises of God and fight the good fight regardless of what's coming your way, regardless of what you're facing, regardless of the doctor's report. You have something to stand on. As David took those five smooth stones and looked into the eyes of Goliath and let them fly, what carried those five smooth stones? What was the force? The Holy Spirit. What were those stones, the scriptures, the word of God? What was that slingshot? Jesus himself releasing the word of God into the head of the enemy and defeating him. And then the word of God, the sword, the, 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 the actual 
the entirety of the word of God, cutting off the head of the enemy. The Holy Spirit takes the word of God, wraps them in his presence, fills them with his presence, and then implants them into our heart. So today, I don't know what you're facing. Maybe you haven't opened your Bible in a while. Maybe, maybe you're just not there. Maybe, maybe you, you're used to, and maybe your heart doesn't warm anymore as you read. I want to encourage you, get back into the Word. And ask Jesus, ask Jesus to sit right next to you. Say, Holy Spirit, just sit right here and show me the beauty of Jesus in every verse. Show me how amazing He is. And when life throws a curveball at you, I want you to memorize scriptures. Begin to memorize chapters. Because when it comes to war, you're going to have to fight with the same weapons that Jesus fought with, and those are, that's the Word of God. If anyone could have used his resume and experience, it would have been Jesus. Think of that. Nobody has a greater resume than Jesus. And when the devil came to tempt him, his answer was always, it is written. It is written. May that be said of us. So, Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for a fresh desire and passion to sit in your presence, to find your presence in your word, and to value the scriptures again, to value the word of God in our lives. Amen. Now, Lord, I thank you for your healing power that's flowing. Lord, as you said, it's by your stripes we are healed, and I release the healing power of Jesus into your body to cancer, to blindness, to deafness. I rebuke every every cancer cell. I rebuke every sickness. I command eyes to open and ears to open. And Holy Spirit, I just thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. A few things. Be sure to get... Wow, what a presence of the Lord. Be sure to get to Jesus 17. It's going to be outstanding. There's just a few more days left. Get down here. The night sessions are open to the general public, but you don't want to just go to those night sessions. You want to get into the to the day sessions. Just look at who's speaking. There's only four night sessions. Do the math. You're going to miss out on a huge chunk of what's going to happen during the day. Impartation is during the day. The panel is during the day. Go to Jesus17.com and register for that. If you want to hit the streets with us to preach the gospel, just go to the outreach button. You can do that. If you'd like to volunteer, you're more than welcome. We'd love to have you. Go ahead and read up on what, what it takes to volunteer. And please consider partnering with Jesus Image. Consider standing with us on a monthly basis. You can find all of that on JesusImage.tv. We need partners to stand with us as we're believing God for a Jesus movement in America. America shall be saved. Jesus is wanting to express himself and save the lost and heal the sick and set us on fire again. Also, be sure to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Go to Jesus Image on Facebook, follow that page, follow my public page at Michael Koulianos, and subscribe and share this podcast, please. Subscribe to and share this podcast with your friends. I'm having a great time, and I, I hope you are too. Until next time, love you guys. We'll talk soon. Jesus loves you more. Bye-bye. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv 
or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950-640, Lake Mary, Florida, 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere. 